Most students want to learn and are genuinely interested in doing well in school. Those students who respond well to instruction or at least put a good faith effort in can easily be influenced by the students who keep teachers on their toes. While it is true that only a small percentage of students take up the most time in the classroom or in common spaces, these students need more than the occasional visit to the counselor's office or a genuine talking to. There are students who are deeply engaged in habit patterns that either stop them from attaining their goals or they sabotage their intentions when they have promised to again make changes and quit those bad habits. There are some students who simply would prefer to sit the lesson out in a time-out room or in the dean's office and there are some students who unintentionally have conflicts with authority figures and or peers and wind up upsetting someone enough to be removed from the immediate setting. It is clear that benching students on the sidelines, like those football players who are taken out of a game for not playing well with others or committing a violation, is not working terribly well. While there is wisdom in removing a student that might be engaged in dangerous behavior, what will he or she learn in the long run? Even dangerous behavior needs some restorative work. There should be an end goal not only to return the student to the classroom setting, but to help the student take a long, hard look at their own behaviors. While good intentions of the faculty are often to set an example or teach the student a lesson, the experience of sitting in the dean's office or sitting in an in-house room is not terribly instructive. Whether students are purposely disengaging or whether they lack the internal skills and structures to stay focused, comply with rules, or carry out instruction, there is a need to get those students on board. Pushing up against the resistance, rebellion, and resentment is fruitless for teachers, counselors, and leaders. If current practices are not getting to the root of the problem, then there, need, there is a need for a method that does get to the root of the problem. It has been a long-standing tradition to either issue a consequence or some form of punishment for a misbehavior. Perhaps the student is taken out of the setting temporarily or spoken to by a dean or assistant principal. In many cases, the students who frequent the dean's office do not break the pattern by will. Those students wind up in a cycle of removal, academic failure, or at times they are referred to special ed. Or if they already are receiving these services, they might be referred to more restrictive settings. Notice that inclusion has been, is moving forward in schools. But when school leaders or teachers are at their wits end, 
it may seem fitting to move a student out of harm's way. Despite all of the stopgaps that are in place, such as RTI, PBIS, and counseling, why are there still many students being referred to special education services? Especially those students of color. Why do more black male students wind up with the classification of emotional disturbance or emotional behavior disorder? Shouldn't the classroom be a place for prevention of academic failure and social emotional isolation and inappropriate behaviors? Still, students are still being labeled and sent to separate locations. Restorative and positive discipline are a powerful combination. When teachers, counselors, and leaders begin the conversation about restorative and positive discipline, what are some of the advantages and how can these methods be implemented without changing the entire discipline code of a school? The approaches are based on establishing a restorative positive approach to classroom management. What does this entail? This involves front-loading preventative measures. When preventative measures are front-loaded at the, at the front end, there is a need for fewer interventions at the back end. Understand that this approach is not fully meant to replace traditional means and methods for classroom management of school-wide discipline. There are times when traditional discipline is appropriate. But we must consider how to build a positive culture in the classroom. We need to assure that restorative philosophies are understood and when they're put in place, that they are accompanied by positive disciplinary approaches. Adding these approaches to the repertoire of practices gives teachers a wider choice and gives students more support. 